You're listening to the Underscore Transformation Podcast, your practical guide to business transformation. Welcome to episode four of the Underscore Transformation Podcast. My name's Jason West. And my name's Joe Ailes. And together we're the founders of Underscore. Now, transformation initiatives require changes to processes, people, and systems. And if the wholesale replacement of systems is in scope, it can be all too easy to become overly focused on the tech, especially if you're running a procurement process to select tier one cloud ERP or HCM technology. So that's systems like Oracle Cloud ERP, SAP S4HANA, SuccessFactors and Workday. These are really big, complex systems that cost millions and have a really profound impact on how your business operates. So it's easy to become fixated on technology requirements and really forget about the people and the process aspects of transformation as you're scoping out your program. So with the pressure to select the right technology partner, how do you ensure you don't become fixated on the technology? What's the best way to approach that, Joe? Good question, Jason. Um, I think really the, the, the organization needs to sort of understand um, its capabilities, capability requirements mm. in the absolute broadest sense. So do we have the right people um, with the right skills, with the right capabilities? Are our processes right? Um, absolutely, is technology uh, take us in the right direction? But ultimately, what we need to understand is what's the business, uh, business ultimately trying to achieve? Yeah. And are our people, processes, and tools aligned to achieve that? Yes. And I think there's a piece when it when you look at the people, it's it's not just you know, their their competencies, their skills, how they're structured, it's what's the culture we want to to have in the future, not just, you know, what what we have today. So how is that going to change? And what what's the requirement to change it? So it's it's very easy to become very fixated on on just looking at uh, technology mm. requirements but what what's the best way to um, to approach this kind of broad view of, of capability so the, these these people process and technology requirements yeah actually one one of the uh, one of the techniques actually we we um, have, have adopted um, with with our clients and projects we've worked on is one of the first things we need to do is understand what What's the taxonomy that the organization is using to mm-hmm. determine how it works um, across its sort of various functions? So um, how is the organization um, attempting to execute their P2P procurement to, to pay processes, um, ordered cash processes, their hire to retire processes? Yeah. Um, and making sure actually in a global organization, is there commonality uh, around that? So actually getting to the bottom of... Um, that sort of construct of the business and how the business operates, um, and then getting a bunch of people really um, involved in diagnosing whether the organization is delivering those effectively or not. Yes, yeah, so having that structure. Yeah. So, uh, and and actually having perhaps an external structure on on looking at your processes, um, especially if you are a global organization and, uh, you know, you might have different processes in different countries, ha- having that external taxonomy to make sure that you're covering all the bases, that, that um, even if things are different in one place to the other, you've got a, a common language to talk about your requirements in, in that kind of structured way. That's been quite useful. It has. It just sort of removes a lot of that um, angst about, well, I, in my organization, in my business unit, we do it this way. It actually takes away that noise and allows the, the organization to then focus on 
okay, do we have the capability um, in our business to execute um, this element, this process or this activity, whether it's strategic and process in its broadest sense, right? Mm. It's not a, a transactional process. It can be, you know, developing business strategy. Yeah. Having an external taxonomy actually removes a lot of the angst within the organization mm. about, well, my business works better this way because I use these common processes or, or, or systems. So I think having something external just takes away a lot of that noise and allows the business to sort of really focus on the key capabilities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you you, you touched on it there and we, we've spoken about it in, in previous episodes and I have a feeling we're probably going to speak about it again is the, the importance of getting a broad sweep of people in to talk to them about these requirements. So not just uh, the, the, the people that work in uh, the function that you're looking to transform, but um, uh, members of other functions, perhaps. So mm. If you're transforming HR, get finance people in the room, get IT people, sales, operations, program management, Absolutely. retail, whatever, you know, getting those, those different views. You need a real broad perspective because actually businesses are executed by, uh, you know, business activities executed by multifunctional teams always. If you're starting to determine what are the capabilities, what are the requirements we need in our transformation program, if you don't include the perspectives and the views of the broader business, you're just going to become very insular in what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So it's absolutely vital that you engage as many of the business operations, as much as broad representation of the business as possible when you're really trying to define how do we do things today and what's wrong and actually what capabilities do we need to build to allow the business to achieve ultimately what it wants to achieve. Absolutely. And, and you know, countries are a really important element to that as well. So if you're a multinational business, then uh, the way you manage people in Germany is quite different to the way you mm. manage people in Brazil. And uh, yeah. getting getting those perspectives and, and, and points of view in early as part of your requirements gathering just reduces that risk that as you're midway through implementation, then suddenly someone stands up and goes, you know what, have you thought about works councils? Oh, no. Heck. Yeah. So actually getting that really kind of mapped out in advance means that you really understand the problem, absolutely, that you're trying to fix, but it reduces risk overall. And I think there's also an element about having um, a, a breadth of, um, call it seniority or people mm. of different levels in the organization, because what managers and directors will view as being a real requirement uh, will be perhaps different to what mm. somebody operationally on the shop floor or you know actually managing a, a process day to day, um, and both are equally valid and equally important. Absolutely, absolutely, they are. Um, actually, a lot of the uh, the 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 pain um, in poorly designed um, business processes um, are, are not felt at the top, right? They're mm. felt. They're felt way down in the organization. So you've got to to absolutely take the view from the exec in terms of, okay, what business problems are we trying to achieve? And we talked about that in our previous podcast. But actually, when we go into sort of requirements gathering at this level of detail, you've really got to get into the nuts and bolts of, okay, what, how does this impact the hiring manager or line manager on the shop floor that's trying to deal with a multitude of tasks and activities? Um, and ultimately, if the processes are broken, systems are broken, these are the guys that are ultimately going to feel the pain. So yeah, involve as many people up and down the organization and across the organization, be it in a country, cross geographies, like you said, to get that real balanced, sometimes real balanced view. And there is a risk, right, that you're going to end up with so much information and data 
that you then have to sort of sit there and spend probably a little bit of time trying to prioritize, okay, what's going to be important in our transformation program? Yes. What, what are we really going to, to be able to achieve in this finite amount of time that we've got with this finite amount of cash and budget that we've got to, to transform? You're listening to the Underscore Transformation Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Underscore, the transformation capability specialists. To find out more, visit underscore-group.com. And I think that's a really good point because you actually want to go really broad. You want to have that problem. You want to have as many issues, requirements, uh, you know, you want the biggest possible set of data that you can and then push it through a filtering. Yeah. And and that filtering is really where your governance structure comes in. So, it, you know, even right up front before you've even thought about designing anything, making sure you've understood who your your process owners are. So they're the people that are are going to review these the, these requirements, and they're going to make a set of decisions about what what we actually take on, because you know not every requirement is valid. Yeah, you know, absolutely capture it, write it down, but then make a conscious decision right up front about are we going to accept this into scope or not, hmm. and and document it ideally. Uh, if you possibly can, because you're you're making real design decisions to a degree just by deciding what requirements you're going to accept in and out of scope. By the time you're making those decisions, you probably need to have thought through, well, what's our vision? What objectives mm. are we trying to meet? What, 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 what are our design principles? So there is that kind of interplay between absolute gather the requirements, but the point where you're starting to filter them you need to have done an element of design thinking already and, mm. and at least you've got those kind of vision objectives and design principles in place so when we think about those requirements i think one of the one of the things that can often get missed is that this is what's driving your program or what should be driving your program so the 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 real needs of the business, the the customer of your function is absolutely central to what it is you're trying to deliver. So linking the requirements with that clear line of sight through to the ultimate business benefits that you're going to deliver hmm. that go into your business case that you commit to the exec as you ask them for however, 10, 20, 30 million pounds, dollars, mm. yen, whatever, mm. probably not yen, uh, <laughs> might not go very far, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever that, that, that amount of money is, that you've got those clear benefits that you can then track backwards to a requirement. It says, you know, we're doing this thing, whatever this new system process change in people structure is going to be for these reasons, because it's going to deliver this benefit. And that tracks all the way back to mm these workshops that we ran with this group of people that said this is really important and we pushed it through a governance process they signed it off the exec steer co-signed it off and that's why we're doing it absolutely it makes it brings clarity to what the program's trying to achieve yeah um it, it removes um ambiguity um, yes. and actually if you if you do this right if you if you do the requirements capture right if you describe what capabilities you're going to to create or develop on the back of this transformation program in in projects there's scope creep is a major major problem in in programs because once once you've got a transformation engine a, a pro a project team with a vehicle of, of to, to design and deliver something. Um, organizations are quite quick to sort of come in with, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could also do this? Yes. Um, 
having this done well up front allows you to sort of structure your program in a way that says, now this is what the program's trying to achieve. Uh, any changes to that, which absolutely there'll be changes to that, to 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 what you set out to design. Ultimately, ultimately there'll be changes along the way, but it just provides you that sort of structure documented decisions about what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, and then if you come in halfway through the program with some new thinking, because the business will evolve these projects are sometimes two years, two, last two years, yes, and the world yeah. changes a lot in that time. Um, and naturally, things change. So it's, it just gives you that bit of structure, documented um, decisions, et cetera, about what this is what we, we said we were going to do. By all means, we could do X, Y, and Z, at, but are we going to compromise anything that we said we we're going to do? Yeah. It, it, it is really, really key. And um, again, I've seen, we've noticed um, organizations not paying enough attention to this um, and, and fall foul of it. So yeah. anyone listening to this should really sort of take note of and, and, and about how important it is to, to have these group of people help you define what solutions you need to develop in your transformation project? Absolutely, and the, your your requirements are are, are alive. They they evolve over time, and that's fine. Yeah, uh, but they have to be documented, and you have to control what you're taking in and out of scope, and really document those decisions as 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 you move your scope around. And we've seen that a lot in. Uh, certain certain organisations that kind of uh, use uh, you know the word agility or agile mm. to, to basically mean well we're just not writing the thing down. <laughs> yes, it's Which, not what it's meant to. It's yeah, not what yeah. it's, it's, it's not purpose. Yeah, not really how it's meant to be at work, yeah. and uh, tends to become a bit of a problem when you get to testing. Mm. Um, the other thing that we've seen, and uh, you know, some some watch outs for the the program sponsors out there is where you have one organization or, or one team that are scoping out your program and then you have another team running the implementation. And that that's not unusual to see that. The, mm. the capabilities that you need to implement a, a, a transformation um, aren't necessarily the same as you'll need to scope it out. You know, mm. The scoping is very much about uh, understanding a problem, designing high-level solutions, building business cases, building coalitions. It's about selling a vision in, inside the organization. Uh, the implementation is very much delivering on that. It's making sure things happen in the right order and um, you know the program gets delivered on time, on budget, and, and the benefits get delivered. Um, but there's fewer people in the market that have the capability to scope a program as there are to deliver them. So where you do have these these kind of this this, this perhaps handover between a scoping team and, a, and an implementation team, really watch out that the implementation team doesn't just kind of take all these lovely requirements and then go nah put them in the bin mm. and I'll just decide to implement what I'm going to implement because that's what I've always done. Absolutely. They're, they're pay, paying attention to the handoff, handoff between a team that's developed it, like you said, to the team that's implementing it is really important because there is always the danger that the team that are implementing it don't pay as much importance to all of that work that was done to help define the capabilities that the the... the, the the scoping team would have done. And actually, the, the other point is, if you enter into a race, because it is a race, the trans transformation projects are a race against time because there's budget on a line, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. and a whole bunch of people really um, excited about the future, um, more often than not, um, organizations are faced with um, challenges around um, cost of the program. Um, and, you know, 
burn rate of the program and start making decisions about taking things out of scope Yes, um, that were fundamental requirement in terms of capability at the outset. Yeah. So you end up with a situation where, well, let's take this piece out of scope, but actually, no, no, you, why you shouldn't take that out of scope. It's It was so fundamental to the business case decision for this investment. Um, so sponsor sponsors really need to pay attention to 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 the transition the other thing that we also need to to be mindful of sponsors out there is if a new sponsor joins uh, again projects last over two years sometimes you know long 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 programs and i think we've spoken about this in previous episodes as well a a hand a a, a new sponsor comes in a new cfo and new um, chro and joins the organization don't just take for granted in terms of what is what it is that we're trying to deliver today Mm. actually go back to see what was the absolute original requirement to yes. see and, and, and do the alignment piece? Is Are we delivering what we said we were going to deliver um, before my time? Yeah. So make sure that you, you, you do that reconciliation because ultimately you end up with delivering a transformation program. The last thing you want to do is is rock up to uh, to the organization and say, hey, ta-da, there's a transformation program that I've executed. Yeah. And the people that were involved in the very beginning of the project well, uh, turning around to you and saying, "Okay, that's this is all well, all well and good, but it's not doing what we had set out to do, to do at the very beginning." Yes, yeah. So where where a uh, a transformation program could easily have six, seven hundred, over a thousand capability requirements that it's managing as mm. part of its scope, because that's changes to systems, people, uh, policies, processes, yeah. policy, work instructions, right yeah. down to that level. How detailed do you think a program sponsor needs to get into that that list of hundreds of requirements? Um, I mean, the sponsors will hate me for saying this, um, <laughs> but uh, no, they, they don't have to get into the depths of it, but they have to have a real clear view as to what is this transformation going to actually deliver? Yeah. What are the products that we're going to get out of this transformation? Out of this transformation, we're going to come up with a set of new hire to retire processes. Mm. Our target operating model is going to change. We are going to implement a, a, a new bit of kit, new bit of technology that will allow the organization to do more self-service activity. There's going to be more. We're going to digitalize our processes um, a lot more. Um, we are going to change policy A, B, and C. We are going to change the culture of the organization by doing X, Y, and Z. So we have to be, they have to be very, very clear about these are the products, these are the outcomes we are going to get from all of this capability stuff that we've, uh, that we're going to have to deliver. Yeah, absolutely. So if we, if we think about kind of key messages and takeaways, it's, um, you know, uh, engage the business. Ask for advice, input, help as broadly, from abroad. As, as broadly as possible. Absolutely. Write yeah. it down. Yes. Capture. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cons- consolidate your requirements. Yeah. yeah. Make a set of decisions about which ones you're going to bring in and out of scope. You know, yeah. are you going to accept them all? Um, mm. Which ones are you going to bring in? Um, actually use those requirements as a, a, a live, living, breathing document to, to manage the, the direction and scope of your, your overall change. Um, really don't rush into solution design actually understand what you're trying to change first mm. before you, you you get to designing stuff. Um, use your requirements as you test. 
So mm. does this thing meet the requirements mm. that we we captured, and then ultimately measure it during during your, your benefits mm. realization? And if you do have different teams involved in scoping and implementation, make sure the implementation team fully gets mm. grips with the detail, absolute detail of mm. the requirements, and they they commit to delivering against mm. those. And as a sponsor, you need to get into some of this detail. Yeah. Not all of it, but you need yeah. to be across it. And you've got to absolutely trust your team that you put onto this program that they're yeah. going to be across the detail and they're going to deliver what they say they're going to deliver. Yeah. Another And, and, and one final point as a watch out, um, don't defend what you do today. When you have these workshops, don't if 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 you, if you have any individuals uh, making comments or criticizing the way things are working, don't defend it. Use it as an opportunity to allow people to air their views, their voice. You genuinely hear what they have Genu to say. Be, be, yeah, genuinely hear and listen to what they have to say. Um, may not necessarily agree with it, but don't, don't, don't defend it because it just uh, it, it doesn't set the right tone for 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 these requirements workshops. Absolutely, or requirements for doesn't set the right tone for the requirements gathering. So next week, we look at how you prepare for change during the scoping phase and the fact that actually you need to do work on preparing to change um, uh, as part of the scoping phase. Um, so we hope that you found this episode useful and we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, so please contact the show via our WhatsApp group or via our website, underscore hyphen group.com. And if you enjoyed the episode, please remember to like and subscribe via your favorite podcast directory. This podcast was brought to you by Underscore, the transformation capability specialists.